0: If you've ever seen Waitress, the movie, or the Broadway musical, then you know Adrienne Shelley. She wrote, directed, and co-starred in the movie. But two months before it premiered, her body was found hanging from a shower curtain rod. And what happened next was straight out of a Hollywood movie. I'm Amy. Welcome to Cheer Crime Recaps. It was about 9.30 a.m. on November 1st, 2006, when Adrienne Shelley got to her office. She was using her former apartment in Manhattan's West Village as a workspace. That's where she created the movie Waitress. Now, if you haven't seen it, you should. It's amazing. Carrie Russell stars as Jenna Hunterson, a waitress trapped in a marriage with an abusive husband. Now, Adrian started writing it after she found out that she was pregnant with her daughter, Sophie. She called it a love letter to her daughter. Now, in the movie, Jenna finds out she's pregnant, which makes her desperate to leave this terrible husband. So she enters a pie contest. The entire movie is all about pie. And, and seriously, don't watch it if you're on a diet or, you know, keto, because it will make you crazy and like desperate for pie. The whole movie is about the pie contest, and she's hoping to win this $25,000 grand prize so she can make a fresh start. The movie was a big hit, and it led to a hit Broadway musical by the same name. But on that Wednesday morning in 2006, Adrienne was still waiting to find out if it would be accepted into the January 2007 Sundance Film Festival. It was, by the way, but she never knew it. It was five o'clock when her husband Andy realized that he hadn't heard from her since he said goodbye to her in front of the apartment building that morning. He called the nanny to find out if she'd checked in and she hadn't heard from her either. Some primal instinct told him that something was very wrong. And when she wasn't picking up his calls, he decided to go and check on her himself. He got to her building by 5.30 and he asked the doorman to come up to the apartment with him thinking, you know, he could open it if she didn't answer. But the door was unlocked. Now, Adrian was born and raised a New Yorker. She knew better than to leave her apartment door unlocked. The instinct that told him to go check on her was screaming inside him now. When he walked into the bathroom, he knew why. A sheet was tied around her neck. and She was hanging from the shower curtain rod. An autopsy confirmed she died from compression to her neck. The police called it a suicide. Her friends and family said that was crazy. She was nuts about her husband and their three-year-old daughter. They were even making plans for a weekend getaway. There is no way that she would decide to leave them voluntarily. And if her personal life was going well, then her career was going even better. After years of appearing in indie films, smaller guest starring roles, she was on the brink of becoming the it director in Hollywood. Waitress was about to premiere, and she was deep into writing the script for her next project, Series Moonlight. Everything was coming up Adrian. She would never kill herself. Then there was the question of the unlocked door. Did that point to something more sinister, or did it back up the initial ruling of suicide? Like, she knew she wouldn't be around to open it up, so she left it unlocked? There was also a lot of cash missing from her wallet, but when her husband pointed that out, they shrugged it off. Maybe she bought something before she died. Other than the door and the missing cash, nothing else suspicious jumped out at them. There were no signs of struggle, and at first glance, there was nothing to suggest it was anything other than suicide. The case was supposed to have stopped there. It wouldn't have been the first time family and friends refused to believe that someone they loved would take their own life. But Andy refused to let it go. The thought of their little girl growing up believing her mother committed suicide was too much to handle. He told every media outlet that would listen that Adrian did not take her own life. And he paid for a second private autopsy, which was done at the funeral home in front of two detectives just three days after she died. Now, whatever they saw in that examination prompted them to take a second look. The very next day, they went back to the apartment to collect her computer and wallet. And that is when they noticed shoe prints in the tub and on the lid of the toilet. Now, Adrienne was in her socks when she was found, and the prints didn't match the shoes they found in the apartment. They canvassed the building and found a construction crew renovating the apartment directly under hers on the third floor. The tenant had recently passed away and the building had hired a construction crew to remodel the unit. They were working on the day Adrian was found dead and on the floor pressed into sheets of dusty construction paper was a shoe print matching those found next to her body. And the owner of those sneakers? was Diego Pilco a 19-year-old undocumented immigrant from Ecuador. And When they found him at the apartment that he was sharing with his brother in Brooklyn, he had bright red scratch marks on his face. It took just 30 minutes of interrogation for him to matter-of-factly confess to the murder, and you won't believe why he did it. A little before 10 a.m., he claimed that she came into the apartment to complain about the construction noise. That pissed him off and he made his feelings clear by banging on the floor with a hammer and telling her to go away. According to the story published by the New York Post, he shoved her out the door and closed it behind her, but she reopened it and slapped him before she left. He was so upset about the slap that he followed her up to her apartment and knocked her out when she swore at him and told him to leave. He thought she was dead So he wrapped a bed sheet around her neck and dragged her body into the bathroom and hung her from the shower curtain rod to make it look like a suicide. Then he picked up the place and left. His boss confirmed that he was gone for several hours that day. And yeah, when he came back, his face was all scratched up, but he claimed he was in a fight with some movers. After her body was found, he didn't come back. A little over a year before the murder, Diego had paid smugglers $12,000 to get him into the U.S. through the Mexican border. From there, he made his way to New York. His landlord hired him to work part-time for his construction company. His impression of the 19-year-old was of a quiet, peaceful guy working hard to pay off his smuggling debt and send money to his parents and five siblings in Ecuador. He told the officers he was having a bad day and accidentally killed her. He was charged with second degree murder and his story made national news. Up and coming Hollywood star, killed after complaining about construction noise. But that was a lie. His story changed two years later when he was sentenced to 25 years behind bars. And here's the truth. He noticed her in the elevator probably right after her husband dropped her off that morning, and he decided to rob her. Now, this was nothing new for him. He admitted that he helped himself to clients' money and valuables on other jobs without getting caught, but if he wasn't trying to hurt her, then at the very least, he was getting more aggressive and blatant. He knew she was in the apartment when he went in to rob her. He followed her to her door and waited out of sight on the landing while she opened it. Before she had a chance to lock it behind her, he went inside. When she saw him, she freaked out. Naturally, she went for the phone to call the police. He was afraid of being arrested and deported, so he went up behind her, yanked the phone away, and put his hand around her mouth and throat to silence her screams. They struggled, and he knocked her to the floor where she passed out. According to him, her lips were turning blue, and he thought she was dead thought being the key word there, because he was wrong. If he'd left her on the floor and just walked away, she would be alive today. But he decided to cover up what he did by making it look like a suicide. So he fashioned a noose out of a bed sheet, dragged her into the bathroom, and tied her to the shower curtain rod. Then he took the cash from her wallet, straightened up the apartment, and left. Meanwhile, Adrian was choking to death alone. It is hard to reconcile descriptions of her killer as a peaceful guy without a temper? Please. He clearly had the instincts of Satan. It is not enough that he entered her apartment behind her, then attacked her when she caught him, then tried to cover it up in the most despicable way. If her family hadn't refused to believe it, he would have gotten away with it. And they would have had to spend the rest of their lives believing that she left them and wondering why they missed the signs. As it is, she never got the chance to enjoy her success. She didn't get to see her beloved daughter grow up. She never got to see her dreams come true. To me, this is one of the saddest stories I've ever heard, simply because she was such a success and she never knew it. In December 2021, HBO released *Adrian*, a documentary about her life and death written by her husband, Andy Ostroy. If you want to learn more about Adrian's life and career, you have got to see this documentary. Be ready. It's a tearjerker. He also confronts her killer in prison, and the scene is definitely hard to watch. And that's your recap, but you have homework. Go and watch Waitress because it is that good. You're going to love me for this. Thank you so much for spending some time with me today. If you like getting all the crime in half the time, it would mean so much to us if you took a second to give this a like and hit subscribe so you never miss a story. Until next time, take care.